Hi, Tori. Hi, Lauren. How are you? I am good. How are you? Good. It's been a long time, I feel like. (laughs) What? How long ago was that? I was trying to think earlier today. I'm like, was that six months ago? Four months ago? Like, (laughs) I know. I don't know what time is in general since the pandemic. Um, It feels like six months ago sounds right but <laughs> but it all that also sounds like a really long time ago so I'm like I don't I don't know I have no idea <laughs> um well I want to start by saying that um for anyone who didn't listen to your episode uh your original episode with me um first of all just go do that but secondly it revolved a lot like along the lines about your sobriety and right I just want to tell you it made such a huge impact for a lot of my close friends who listened and for myself. Um, Wow. We discussed the fact that just as time goes on, I become less and less interested in drinking, but the interview with you just really made me more thoughtful, even about the rare times that I do drink, because I found oftentimes that it was used as a social crutch of some kind, and I've started to even eliminate that because, I don't know, your episode just (laughs) framed alcohol in a way that really shifted a perspective for me and everything that you post too because obviously I still follow you, and just how alcohol is literally poison and just because it's not talked about and it's so well-marketed, that no one thinks about it. (laughs) Right. No, that's so true. And thank you so much for saying that. Um, It's so weird because I think that I was big alcohols, like perfect market. And all of my friends were their perfect market. I would be the type of person that would be in the store and I'd see like a pink wine bottle and it would be called something like babe something. And I'm like, Oh, (laughs) like I gotta get that. Like I gotta get it. Like I was that consumer. So I think it's um, easy for me to talk to those people that were like me. And I'm like, no, 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 wait, this is all a big trick. Like, hold on. I have so much to tell you, like before you buy that wine bottle. Um, So I think that's really helpful because before all of this, I was like the, the ideal big alcohol market. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's, it was literally entirely your episode. I just, I notice things in myself, I notice things in other people, and I don't know, it's just been wild to, like, take notice of those things. Even uh, close friends who I love them dearly, and at the end of the day, I don't judge them for these things, but I just notice, like, there was something that happened recently that I don't want to get too specific about to make it obvious, but there was, like, a um, an outing that was going to be like a fun workout class type thing and it was it was not done because someone couldn't imagine doing it sober and I was like 
Wait, what? Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say they couldn't do it because they were hungover, which is also a thing. Well, absolutely. (laughs) Oh my gosh, my friend just sent me a screenshot from a dating app. I'm pretty sure it was Hinge. And the guy's bio said, um, sober dates shouldn't exist. Okay, great. So you shouldn't exist. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God, that was our response. We're like, so that guy shouldn't exist. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. No, I think. I think a lot of people have a hard time imagining doing anything sober, myself included, before I got sober. And then the more I did those things, the more I realized that alcohol kind of took away from those events. Like, for example, concerts before COVID, obviously. Um, But I would just get fucking... Am I allowed to say fucking? I always forget. Oh, absolutely. It's called Let's Fucking Talk. Okay. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. So... um, (laughs) I would get fucking smashed at shows. And these are artists that I really, really liked and had followed for a long time. And then I would miss their whole performance because I was so drunk and I was in the bar the whole time or I was like in line for drinks or talking to some dude or just like so distracted by being drunk that I missed the whole show. And then I realized being sober actually helps me enjoy these experiences 10 million times more just by being in the moment and not blocking myself off from anything it's so true and since our conversation I've opted to be sober for things where I normally would have drank and I'm like this was the better idea I even went to I went to a bachelorette party and I have one coming up and I'm going to apply the same thing I did at the first one and I just I was the grandma, and I just didn't give a shit, and I felt good, and I (laughs) enjoyed myself, and it didn't matter that it wasn't in the same way. Um, Right. And I, I just, it's, mind you, I used to be this person, and I swear talking to you and following you has shifted so much for me, but, like, sometimes I wonder, okay, we say drinking is fun, but we just, like, keep repeating that. But I'm like, do we have proof of that anywhere? Like, anything beyond one drink gets not fast. I mean, not fast. Not fun. Very fast. Right. Yeah, no, that is so true. I had to do um, a lot of thinking about that because I would get this FOMO in the beginning of my sobriety. And I was like, wait, what do I feel I'm missing out on? Like, what was fun about drinking? And you're so right. After that second or third drink, when you start to feel like weirdly super hungry and then you're eating pizza and like grease <laughs> is on your face and then, or like you're like making out with someone that you like really don't want to be like licking the inside of their mouth like you're like ew like did that guy brush his teeth and like all of these things that you wouldn't normally do and that's not actually fun so I think it's like the idea of I can be whoever I want when I drink I can be loud and I can be sexy and I can dance and I can get on a table or I can say whatever I want without feeling bad about it because I was drunk and so no one can really say anything but I think we have that ability to dance or to do karaoke or to kind of let loose without drinking you just have to kind of tap into that and be I don't know brave brave enough to say like okay I'm gonna get up there and dance yeah (laughs) you literally have to like practice it it's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's such a practice. That's so true. And um, that bachelorette party, so the one that happened previously, I didn't do much drinking, and 
you know, I was the first one in bed every night. I was always with a water bottle in my hand. Like, that's just how I went about things. And then, like, two weeks prior to the actual event, they decided to extend it an extra day. And just because I was already going with the mindset of, like, I will not be hungover, not one of these days. I refuse. I was just, like, I won't stay the extra day, like, it's, I'm perfectly fine with, like, the three days we have planned. I don't need to stay the extra day. And it was, like, when I left, like, the grandma went home. And it was, I'm sure it was fun for a bit. (laughs) And then it ended with, like, my... Chaos. It's, honestly, it's, it's funny and not funny, which I think you can relate to because you... You post on your social media, like, pictures of you drunk, and I feel like you do a good job of, like, stating, like, yes, this is kind of hilarious, and it's also sad because you're seeing someone totally out of their fucking mind, and I was getting videos. So how did people respond to you being um, that person, like, because they aren't used to you being that person? Did you get any snarky remarks or, like, any weird feelings? So, the only person that I was really close to was literally the bride, who's my best friend. Um, and then, oh. she's someone who, she's a travel nurse, so she has friends from all over the country, so I literally haven't met some of her greatest friends. So, Got it. they were all so new that either, I mean, they just wouldn't be probably comfortable, like, talking crazy to someone and saying rude things. Um, <laughs> so, they just didn't really, they just kind of ignored me, and... They they were truly having, they, they were having their own fun. Like, it didn't matter that I wasn't doing it with them. Right. And then okay. my best friend well, is just understanding. So she was like, good night if you want to go to sleep at 10. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, um, there's a few of the girls in RPG who have things like this coming up because things are starting to open and people are going to, like, uh, resume their weddings and things like that. So a couple girls have been invited to bachelorette parties and one girl was like, I just said no. She was like, I just, I'm not going to go. I'm not ready for that. And I just said no. And I was like, dang, look at your boundaries. Look at you go. Absolutely. And then another girl is okay kind of doing what you did where she was like, listen, like, I really want to go. I really want to have fun with you guys. But I might go to bed a little bit earlier. Doesn't mean I'm mad at you. Just means like, I know what's best for me. And, you know, my idea of fun is just going to be a little bit different. Yeah. And like, I... I'm really good at boundaries with friends. Um, I struggle with boundaries in other areas of life, which I want to get into. <laughs> but with friends, I'm very good at that because it's just as simple as my friendships mean everything to me, but the yeah. second they don't make sense, I don't know if this sounds harsh, but I'm okay leaving. Yeah, no, I love that you said that. I, <clears throat> Excuse me, just last night. I had to make a really hard boundary with a friend, and I would say it was the hardest boundary I've ever, ever had to make um, with a friend, and I felt really good about it, but I also felt like I'd been punched in the stomach, Mm -hmm. and my other friend, when I told her about this, was like, you know, you know, boundaries, you're not supposed to feel magical afterwards. You're not supposed to be like, woo, I made a boundary. Like it's supposed to hurt because you did something that was uncomfortable, but that was best for you and you're going to grow from it. And that was just really helpful to hear. So I was like, okay, I feel like shit, but I also feel like I made the right choice. A hundred percent. And it's a great test of who the person on the other end is because 
accepting a boundary can be tough. I don't I don't expect 100% of the time someone to be like, oh, I love that boundary that you set with me. But generally speaking, they should be receptive or be able to call you in a day or two and be like, okay, I'm done being a brat. I get it. And mm-hmm. I love you. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's super important. Now, when we talked last, we you quickly mentioned this phrase that has been burned in my brain. And I think you called it being consciously single. Is that true? Is that what it was? Yes. Okay. Now, obviously, it's been a while, so I don't even know if you're consciously single anymore. (laughs) But I'm more consciously single because I wasn't consciously single. And now I'm like, it's so hard. It's so hard, Lauren. Oh, perfect. So let's talk about it. So when we talked, you were obviously in the consciously single phase. So... If you can put yourself back in that mindset, what started that for you? What did that mean at that point? Okay, so I think like most women our age, like in our 20s, maybe early 30s, we put up with a lot of bullshit from Mm -hmm. men. We also, I mean men if that's who your partner of choice is, but Mm -hmm. just in relationships in general. Yep. Um, And... Also, I think there was this level of me not knowing who I was. And so I was putting all these pressures on my relationships and I was constantly coming out disappointed. And I really never took the time to think about like, what do I want? Like, do I actually want to be in a serious relationship? Do I, or am I just trying to live up to society's standards of get married, have kids, get a house. And if you don't, like you're some type of like spinster rocker chick and like you're never gonna get married or something and I like I just had such a hard time like wanting too many things because internally I think I actually just wanted to focus on myself but I also wanted to have a relationship but then I also didn't want to be tied down so I had all these like um what's the word I'm looking for um not oxymorons but like contradictions contradictions uh in myself. So I read The Unexpected Joy of Being Single by Catherine Gray. Changed my life. And Catherine Gray also writes The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober. Uh, that was her first book. And then she wrote The Unexpected Joy of Being Single. And she writes in a way that kind of helped me see that one is not better than the other. Being single is not better than being married or being in a long-term monogamous relationship and then vice versa. And she also did all of these amazing studies about married people's happiness levels versus single people's happiness levels. And what she found was that married people are happier right before their wedding and right after. But after that, single people and married people have the same level of happiness. So... Mm. That to me was like, okay, there is a way to live a full, happy life without this idea of like needing a partner, lifelong partner, needing your quote unquote soulmate. Um, So I decided that I was going to be consciously single, which to me meant I, it wasn't that I wasn't going to date. If the amazing man walked through the door, it didn't mean that I was going to turn away from him, but it meant that I was watching my patterns. I was always taking care of myself first. I wasn't getting like wrapped up in like that love spell 
with a new partner where you're like, whatever you want to do, or I'll go over to your house, I'll skip doing my homework, or I'll skip my self-care routine just to spend time with you. And then all of a sudden that person is like your life. And then you look back and you're like, wait, what happened to all these amazing things I had going on when I was single? Uh huh. Um, okay. Well, one, I need to get that book today on Amazon. (laughs) Yes. Order it. But that's, you said so many good things. So it's, I feel like it's changing, but like way too slowly, but slowly women our age are getting more comfortable saying, I don't know if I want to be married. I don't know if I want to have children. And that's very positive. But the truth is, it is absolutely not even close to a mainstream idea. And the majority of what I see is still marriage and babies as soon as humanly possible. Um, I'm sure anyone who has a Facebook or Instagram and follows people from high school knows exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh my God. Yeah. I was looking through my feed and it was like, baby, baby, gender reveal, baby, marriage. And I'm like, (laughs) oh my God, I'm going to die. Literally. It's crazy. And it's so hard to know from Instagram, not just regarding marriage and babies, but in general, it's really hard to see the truth behind photos or a timeline. But when all your brain sees is this cute, happy photo, you're like, oh my God, Obviously, you don't see the part where they're up multiple times in the middle of the night with a baby. You don't see the struggles of being married young. Like, none of that is obviously visible. Um, Right. So, I'm glad to see that you are coming around to the idea of, like, it is okay to be single. But I completely understand the struggle. Because even as much as you tell yourself that, everything around you is kind of not matching that story. So, it's hard sometimes. Um, it's definitely it's hard and you know I think as women too like we're up against uh, a beauty standard too like oh oh, if I get too old like I'm not gonna be able to meet a great guy or all of these different things but it was so cool my one of my really really good friends from RPG just texted me this morning actually and she was like oh my gosh she was like I don't think I'm ever gonna get married she goes I have people I can kiss fuck and cuddle that I can call if I need someone, that I can chat with if I'm feeling social and talkative, that I can sit in silence with, that I friends that I have fun with and can count on. She was like, my life is so full that I truly feel I don't need to have like a quote unquote life partner. Wow. I thought that was so, I thought that was so beautiful. I was like, that's amazing. And then I also thought about how that ties into when you're in a relationship, this is me personally, but I'm sure other people can relate that um, I expect my partner to be all the things for me. Yep. I want you to be my best friend. I want you to understand my views on politics and social justice. I also want you to read the same books as me. I also want us to watch the same TV shows. I also, you know, like all of these things. And my therapist told me, she was like, your partner cannot be everything for you. That's why you have friends. That's why you have all the different hats you wear in your life is so that you can get your needs met from different areas. Yes, and me and you are the same, and your friend, whoever she is, I'm like, wow, what is it like to not be codependent? (laughs) Right, exactly. Well, the thing is that she's been single for a really, really long time, and I think this has just finally come full circle for her. So this was like years in the making of her being single and probably not wanting to be 
single. <laughs> so she's like, I guess I'll accept it. Fair. I love that for her. Um, yeah. So then you eventually got not consciously single. So what, who, what was that? Who was that? Were they worth it? <laughs> um, no, they were not worth it. So this was just like <laughs> the biggest lesson for me. Uh, so I ended up getting back together with someone, which is okay. If you break up with somebody and it feels like the right choice, it probably is. And then in three weeks, when you want to get back together with that person, because you forgot that it felt like the right choice, it's still the right choice to not be with that person. And I decided to ignore all those feelings, get back together with this guy. And the same things came up that were coming up in the first go around of our relationship. And I had a moment of clarity where I was like, I just did this because I was lonely and because I was afraid of being with myself. And now I have to redo this whole breakup process. And I basically just like put myself back where I started instead of just kind of dealing with the loneliness, dealing with those feelings of maybe abandonment or all these other childhood shit that you know comes up when you're by yourself and when you're wanting to feel loved and taken care of so not worth it um big lesson and then I also had this moment in therapy after we broke up my therapist was like hmm do you see a pattern and I'm like yes bitch I see a fucking pattern like it's me it's clearly me I'm the problem and until I get something right within myself and feel 100% comfortable with myself and what I bring to the table, I am never going to have a successful relationship. Um, you're speaking directly at me. Um, so please know that. Um, I, I have been like alluding to this thing on the podcast for like the last three months but I basically ended a connection that was an on and off situation for literally seven years. Um, oh. And I'm at that three week mark that you just talked about where you're like, yeah, I'm, I don't like this whole feeling. So like, maybe we should like talk, maybe I can talk to him. And right. your advice is 1000% correct. Like, when a breakup feels right, and in my case, my God, there's years of history to prove all my points, like, that's just the right answer. And then also, like you said, there's, it's entirely childhood shit that keeps me stuck because my adult higher self is so logical and so aware. Like, I always tell my friends, I make dumb decisions, but I'm not dumb. Like, I see my dumb decisions from a mile away. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not tricking myself by any means. I see what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you decide to tell your other self, like, hey, shut the fuck up. I'm going to make a bad decision right now, so look away. Yeah, literally. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, you should see how hard I'm shaking my head right now as you were saying that. Because I call it my trauma brain and then my rational brain. So mm-hmm. I have my trauma brain that's like, yeah, I need to have sex with you so that you really, really like me. Um, and I'm going to play this game to see if I can win you. And then once I win you, I won't really like you. That's like my trauma brain talking. And then rational brain is like, no, what are you doing? Like, you're better than this. You've learned more. You have more tools. Use them. 
So I'm constantly in that back and forth that you just talked about of like the two different sides of me, like at tug of war. Yeah. And my trauma brain is rooted in not trusting myself. So every time I make Mm. a decision that my logical brain absolutely knows without doubt is the right choice, my trauma brain kicks in and is like, how do you know? Like, (laughs) are, are you sure? They're not going to know. Literally. (laughs) How will they know? How will they know? That's exactly what she says. And I'm like, oh my God, maybe I am the wrong one. Like the shit that your trauma brain can convince you of is astounding. Insane. Insane. Okay. And then that goes back to being sober because when you're sober, you can listen to that internal dialogue, your internal truth so much easier. And your internal truth always knows, always knows when to trust yourself. Yep. And it's funny because I always say that like, I lack intuition, but what I actually have, what I'm lacking is the ability to listen to my intuition. And throughout my personal process with this person I'm always like I need a sign and mm-hmm. anyone who's begging for a sign that just means you know the answer <laughs> right it means that you're ignoring the answer or yeah deciding not to listen to it yeah like so true you looking for a sign is your sign <laughs> yep <laughs> exactly and my best that friend is, is so, always so like true. what is the sign what what let's talk to the universe what's the sign like go ahead and request what you need to see and I'm like I need a letter from the universe in my mailbox <laughs> that says, you should leave that person. Yeah, and that's the thing is we, like, ignore all these red flags for so long because we want to see the best in people and we don't know if we can find better. That was the whole thing for me. I was like, what if this is it? What if I won't ever find someone that has X, Y, and Z and then I'll be alone forever? And it's like, isn't that the better alternative to being with someone that I am not happy with, not comfortable with, not safe with. So instead of, I had to kind of change my perspective instead of looking at my relationships as like, this is it. I got to like settle and, and grit my teeth through this. I can also just leave and be alone. And I have to have that be as good of an option as being in a loving, healthy relationship. Being alone needs to be as good of an option. Yes, and I I wanted to scream, if not for audio purposes, while you were talking, because I just resonate with that so deeply, like, and I, so, for me, so much of it comes from having a bad relationship with my dad, so it created something in me that if my dad couldn't treat me properly, like, who would? Right. And that has obviously my logical brain knows that is absolute trash and that I deserve to be treated better and that that's all my dad's issues like that's his stuff it has absolutely nothing to do with me um I I mean that's where that whole term daddy issues comes from because oh my god people are gonna hate that I said this but whatever I just know that people who end up getting into different you know sex work or these different things, not to say sex work is wrong. I think it's valid work, but I do know that a lot of these people come from trauma, um, specifically having absent fathers, sexually abusive fathers, uh, verbally, physically abusive fathers. Like there's a reason we have these abandonment and trust issues. I absolutely agree with everything you said. So if everyone hates you, then they hate me too. 
Um, <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> but um, it's so true, and like that's bled into my romantic relationships because I've had that same pattern, especially with this particular person that I ended a connection with. It's like they're not horrible. It's not like it's not outwardly abusive and toxic. Like it's not that mess. So I'm like, so maybe I should just be like fine with this situation. Right. And then when my dad is also like not a good partner romantically. So when you see that as an example, you're like, oh God, that's what everybody is. So if someone is just like 5% better, maybe I can get down with that. Right. Yeah. That was like your expectation of what a man should be or how a man should treat. Exactly. So if they're not cheating on me, I'm like, awesome, fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm like, if I'm just 20% happy in this relationship, cool. Like, I will take it. Yes, it's almost like, who am I to demand, like, any more than this? Right. But then you, if you were talking to one of your best friends, you would be like, no, you need to demand more. You deserve more. It's just we need to talk to ourselves that same way. A hundred percent. That's a great point. Because, yeah, I would absolutely never give this trash advice that I give myself to my friends. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I see myself in these relationships and I'm like, if this was a friend going through this exact relationship and having these exact same experiences, I would be like, what are you doing staying in this relationship? Uh Oh my God, I would have literally jumped off a cliff to be one of my friends. Like I always tell my friends, I'm so thankful for them because they seriously have somehow listened to my same story for seven years and not been like, bitch, shut the fuck up. You're so dumb. Right. Like leave. Yeah. And I'm like, you guys are incredible. And they're just like so supportive. And I can tell them the same story a thousand times. And they're just like, they are so supportive, and I'm like, I don't know where I found you people from, but yes, it's, so when you and this person ended again, now you're back on that consciously single train. Now, I want to yes. ask you, because I think this, the good thing that comes from ending connections is usually like a list of non-negotiables, so mm-hmm. have you figured some of those out for yourself from this connection that you ended oh my gosh 100 percent. so the reason we stopped talking in the first place was because of a political misunderstanding and I guess I'll just be more specific but black lives matter and it wasn't that he didn't believe in it but that he had zero information about it and really just like no desire to learn because Mm. it didn't affect him personally and so for me I am very into social justice my uh undergrad degree is tied in social justice and um it's a part of who I am it's something I'm really passionate about it's something I read up on for fun and like have written papers about and I've done my own research and so it's very much tied to who I am and then it came up again the second time around with trans and non-binary and this um, kind of gender identity stuff. And Mm -hmm. again, he had zero understanding as well as zero desire to learn about it. Um, So me being someone who really believes in equity and uh, tries to create like a sober space for all different types of people. And I really make it one of my main priorities with RPG is to be like a welcoming, embraceful, diverse 
uh, community. And so now I know that I am not going to fuck around with any person who doesn't desire to treat people in the way that they deserve to be treated or to see people in the way that they deserve to be seen and that they're asking to be seen in, you know, like that's just the bare minimum. Mm, I was, mm. I was expecting the bare minimum and he couldn't do that. So for me, that's a non-negotiable and honestly, there's so much information out there. Like all you really have to do is follow a few accounts and they give you links to how you can help. They write out emails for you that you can just click send. There's different donations and different organizations and different stories and things that you can learn just by being on your phone, just by being on social media. And so it's just how many excuses I made for him is laughable but also like incredibly sad. Um, so I'm just in the business of not making excuses for the people I date anymore. Like if, if I have to make an excuse for you, then I probably shouldn't be with you. Oh my God. I'm breaking my neck, shaking it. I'm like, yes. <laughs> um, broken. <laughs> literally <laughs> like the making excuses thing. What a yeah. fucking thing. I do that so badly. So like my particular excuse in my situation was like, he his childhood his blah 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 but like we were you know connected for seven years and I am like the queen of therapy and trauma and digging into those things and I tried to give him like a manual on how to start that process because it's a fucking process and you will probably be doing it for the rest of your life so if you don't start soon you're just prolonging this and what you said about not wanting to learn is the most important part It's okay that someone has not heard of these things. Like, for instance, in my case, his family didn't speak in this way. They did not talk about therapy. They didn't realize the connection that your childhood trauma has to your current relationships. But when you have someone who is, like, doing anything to be there for you as a support, to talk to you about stuff, to answer questions you have, to learn, and you just outright are not into it, well, what the fuck are we supposed to do now? Right. Yeah, 100%. And it's so interesting, the things that people don't know, but you're right. Like, I don't judge people for not knowing what they don't know. We, it's impossible to know what you don't know. But if you have someone who's like, hey, I'm willing to teach you, and you're like, nah, I'm good not knowing. It's like, okay, then I don't want to be with someone that's not willing to learn different things about themselves. And Lauren, like, you're such the type of person who is constantly learning and evolving. It's interesting to me that you would be with someone who doesn't want to do that. Oh, sister, it's the most interesting. (laughs) (laughs) The most. You don't even really know how interesting it is. (laughs) It's it's really something. Um, And I think really so much of it comes from that making excuses for people. And something that I always tell my best friend that held me in this relationship for so long is that me personally, if rewind to age 16, 18, 21, I was a different person every, all of those years of my life. And I'm a completely different person now. And I am an example for myself that the second you embrace change and growth and you just release holding on to your ego and you release all these ideas and opinions that you think are true once you get rid of all of that 
you are like on a fucking rocket ship to evolution and growth and change. And there is literally no stopping you. And once you see shit, you cannot unsee it. So I have so much faith in people because I know that it takes that one split moment where all the walls of facade crumble and now you can't not just like go forward so fast. Yeah, yeah. And then like you said, once you start to see that change. So for me, that change was kind of very slowly happening. But then when I got sober, I got in the rocket ship. Um (laughs) And I'm, I'm going, Yes, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I think what what you said, like once you see that that change is possible and what can happen when you do let down those walls, you can never, ever be still again because you're like, no, 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 no. Like you don't understand. Once you do this, the whole world opens up to you Yes, and you learn from every experience and you learn from every person you meet and, nothing seems impossible like all the possibilities open up and then the downside of that has been that I have that hope for anyone around me so Mm -hmm. this person could show me one percent change and I'd be like okay perfect he's got it but like (laughs) it's and maybe people just go at a slower pace but what I've learned is that that slow pace is not for me. Like, I, I can't deal with you changing 1% each year of your life. Like, that's, holy shit, we're never going to get anywhere. Yeah, and that's not you either. What you're saying, like, I feel like you and I are the type of people who are, like, very driven. Uh, we're very, like, let's get some shit done. Yes. And so <laughs> I hear you 100% that it irritates me when people aren't going as fast as me. I'm like, let's go. Yeah, and, like, blatantly ignoring things that could help you. Like, this person resisted therapy for the entirety of our relationship and then, at, in a last-ditch effort, did one session with me before we ended things. Um, and even then, it was it was truly forced on his part. Like, he was not actually open to the experience. Um, right. So when I see yeah. that, like, when you're closed off to something that, to me, is, like, the bottom level... Like, therapy is where you walk in the door, and then it goes from there. So if you can't even get into therapy, I don't know. (laughs) It's just, but it is annoying because my ability to change over the years, I think, had so much to do with me staying for so long. Because a lot of people are jaded, and rightfully so, and say people can't change. And I get that sentiment, and I probably should get more on board with that thought, but, like, I literally can't because I proved it to myself. Yeah, I agree with you. I do think everyone can change, but I do think you have to be open to it. Exactly, and that is the issue. And that's the issue. And some people aren't because they're not willing. But if someone is willing to change, they can change. I just... I think so many people are so stuck in their ways and stuck in their whatever the narrative has been told to them, like alcohol, right? Like, no, it's fun. It's what you do if you're an adult. It's what you do at your wedding. It's what you do when you're on vacation in Mexico. You drink. And I think people eat eat up that narrative and then telling them something, anything else is just impossible for them to comprehend. Yep. And yeah, I think something really important in all of this is So something that was confusing for me, and hopefully this can help anyone who's in this situation, is there was 
constant talking about the desire to change. So that was keeping me, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, he's saying in the words. And then when I think about it, I'm like, what the fuck, wait, what, what was the action? Oh, there wasn't. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people are so, that happened to me in my last relationship when we ended things, because there was talk of desire to change, but no follow-up action. Same thing. And then you want to believe people, right? Like, you want to see the good in people, like you were saying, and you believe everyone can change, and so you're like, okay, okay, you talked about it, maybe you got busy, maybe it slipped your mind, but, and then it happens over and over again, and it just becomes so much harder to ignore. Yeah, and then at some point you have to just be honest with the fact that someone is just not ready to be in that place, but it is such a journey. Now, in your consciously single life, are you at all, like, on dating apps? Are you doing anything like that? No. So for right now, because of the disaster that was the last relationship, (laughs) um, and then kind of having that moment of clarity in therapy and saying, like, okay, I'm finally ready to admit that I'm the problem. And that if I don't fix this thing within me alone and independently, I will not have a successful relationship. Uh, so, and they, uh, Catherine Gray talks a lot about this and the unexpected joy of being single. Um, so I'm not like saying, oh, I'm not dating or, oh, I'm celibate, but I'm not actively seeking anything. I'm seeking a relationship with myself. So, like, I'm going to take myself out on dates. Um, I'm going to please myself sexually. I'm going to um, get ready just for me. I'm going to take care of my body. So all of these things, um, I'm not going to actively seek a partner because I think there's some work that's going to reveal itself, I'm hoping, to me. And then when it is right, I'll know in my gut, like how we were talking about that internal truth. I'll know when it's time to look. But right now, if I was looking, it would be out of desperation. It would be out of loneliness. And it would just be out of a need to feel wanted. That awareness is everything that I love. And uh, it's just you're, you're not only doing the best thing for yourself, but you're doing the best thing for anyone who could potentially be a partner for you. Uh, my best right. friend and I talk about this all the time. Like, My best friend's been single for a while, and they always say, like, I'm terrified of other people because I don't know what stuff they've worked through or not worked through. And what we see so often is people jumping from relationship to relationship. And I'm sorry, but you are not healing in four weeks. So I don't know what the fuck people are doing. Yeah, no, that was me. That was me. Relationship to relationship to relationship. And then I would break up with the current relationship, but still be thinking about the relationship two times ago. And I'm like, this is a mess. Yes. I'm a mess. This needs to stop. Yeah. And I swear that you can't figure out if you really thought about it, because I've, I've also been that person prior to this long relationship. I was doing that leading up to him. And it's like, I wonder at some point, like, I feel like you don't even know who you have feelings for anymore because you're just projecting some feeling from somewhere onto this current person. Yeah, that's where, like, the intentional word comes from about being intentionally single. Like, oh, I said consciously or consciously, same thing. But, like, being aware of why I'm having sex with this person. Why? What am I getting from this? 
why do I want to go out with this person? Am I genuinely having fun or do I just like the way he makes me feel important or special? Like just always being aware of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Cause before I was just like going around the world, like drunk, like having sex with whoever. And I was like the least conscious person I knew. Yeah. And uh, you're just, it's such the right thing to just take some time for yourself. And obviously I can't sit here and say, how much time is the right time? But if you have not cried, um, hurt, felt the things from your last relationship, and like you're doing, dove into what role you had. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whose quote-unquote fault a breakup was. Both people no. have something to learn, always. Right. 100%, 100%, 100%. So if you don't do that stuff and you're just running rampant, it's just... Like, the second that I ended this connection, I had friends saying, oh, my God, let's make your profile. I'm like, why? Ew. I couldn't even fathom that. It would creep me out. Like, because I also see it from, like, the other person's perspective. Like, the person on a date with me took their time out tonight to come see me, to come hang out, and I'm sitting here thinking about my ex. (laughs) Right. And so many people do that. They're like, Oh, I just want something to take my mind off of it. And that's the same thing with alcohol, too. It's it's I'm relating them because I'm like, okay, if I was able to go sober, and I was able to learn all of this, what will happen if I'm able to be consciously single for a period of time? And what could I learn from this? Yeah, 100%. And I think you're right in relating them because they both have that ability to like numb you and distract you whether it's a new partner or whether it's alcohol or whatever other substance anyone has a struggle with it's all the same thing 100 percent Ugh. well amen amen (laughs) i'm like this is the conversation i needed to have today more than you know (laughs) yes i'm so glad now you're not gonna text him and be like so should we talk right I'm at the three-week mark and I just have to pass it (laughs) yes let it pass yes and I already I got a book called dating with boundaries because it's I oh so I mentioned this earlier I have zero issue with boundaries with friends with family with career like I don't even stutter if I don't wanna I say I don't wanna like it's so simple And then in relationships, I am a fucking doormat. Hmm. I am your mom, your partner, your best friend, your (laughs) chef, your masseuse, your caretaker, your physical therapist. It's disgusting. (laughs) Oh my God. You need to read The Unexpected Joy of Being Single. Your life is about to change. Thank God. And then I I just got this book. I haven't read it yet, but a few of the girls in RPG have read it. It's um, Set Boundaries, Find Peace by Nedra Tawab, T-A-W-W-A-B. But yes, I struggle with the same thing. I think so many women our age struggle with the same thing, and we are not anybody's therapist. Yes. Unless we're trained and want to be and getting paid for it. Exactly. Yeah, and I... I used to tell this to my former partner. I would literally tell him, I feel like I'm climbing up a hill and I'm dragging your limp body up the hill with me. Mm. Like, you're not... I am trying fucking everything to fix this and you're laying there. Right. Like, I'm trying to teach you these things about life and I'm trying to 
put seeds in your head of stuff that you could probably benefit from looking into. Like this person had a traumatic childhood, thinks it doesn't matter. And I'm like, oh boy. Yeah, that's that's the bare minimum, especially for someone like you, Lauren. Yes, thank you. All my friends are going to yeah. hear this and be like, will you listen to Tori maybe? <laughs> yeah, at least. If you're like not gonna anyone to at all. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's so true. And again, it's funny because people who don't think that childhood wounds are the cause for most of your shit, you're going to stay lost for longer than you need to because it's I can literally every time that I sit with myself and I'm like where does that come from? It all starts from something in childhood. Yeah. Or even like adolescence. It. Like it doesn't have to be when you were 3, but like my first relationship when I was 15 had a traumatic experience within it, and that absolutely turned into other things. Yep. Yeah, and once you find it, it's easier to deal with it. You're like, oh, this is where it's coming from. I'm not crazy. I'm just acting out of my trauma. Exactly. And I also think that people hear the word trauma and think it's, like, exclusively about sexual assault or, like, the extreme versions, but if you were ever a person... And you felt abandoned, even if it was for an hour because your mom uh, went to a concert with her friend that you wanted to go to. Whatever fucking dumb thing it is, that registers as trauma, especially for a child. Yep. Yeah, so, any type of experience that made you question, like, your worth or if you were safe physically, mentally, all that. Exactly. So sometimes it's like, when you see someone, like in my case, the person I was with, the person who hasn't even started that journey, I'm exhausted for them because I'm like, you don't even know. <laughs> yeah, and you don't need to take that shit on. Like, yes. you made such a good choice. Like, I don't even know your situation, but I'm just proud of you right now. You would laugh. I hope one day to go to Seattle and Tell see you and it. we will laugh. <laughs> oh my God, actually, I am going to Seattle to visit my best friend Yay. literally in April. Oh, uh, probably May. Like Oh, send me the dates. Oh, my God. Yes. We can all go out. <laughs> yes, so and then I can fun. tell you my story so you can have a good long laugh. <laughs> good. I am looking forward to it. All right, Tori. Well, it is always a pleasure. You're it's just, like, so comfortable and normal to talk to you, and I appreciate always your vulnerability and honesty here and on your page. Um, so please share your Instagram. It's, like, I need everyone to follow it immediately. Oh, thank you. So Instagram is at the retired party girl. Uh, website is retiredpartygirl.com. And that's it. Yes. Love it. All right, girl. We thank will you, talk soon. Hopefully our next conversation can be like when we're in fantastic relationships and how it feels. Yes. <laughs> All right, love. I will talk to you soon. Bye, Lauren. Thank you. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you want some more of me or are interested in my life coaching services, you can find me on Instagram at Let's Fucking Talk. And I would absolutely love and appreciate it if you could rate, review, and subscribe to my show wherever you listen to it. And I will talk to you next week.